Welcome to the King's Island Central Podcast. KICentral.com is King's Island's ultimate fan site. Now, here's your host, Robbie Zerhusen. Welcome to Podcast 19 with special guest Chris Bainham, owner of Bainham Painting in New York, Kentucky. I am Brad Perdue. Robbie wasn't able to join us today, so hopefully we can have him on on the next podcast. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm... uh... I reside here in Northern Kentucky and uh, Highland Heights, Kentucky. My office is here in Newport, just a, a few miles away from home. And I've uh, been a Northern Kentucky business person for my full career of almost 40 years. Uh, born and raised in Highland Heights, uh, Campbell County High School grad. Never got any further now. I got distracted by the painting business and, uh, and that's it. So now we, uh, my interest is, is uh, strong in the amusement park industry. I've been traveling the world over the last um, uh, 35 years or so, um, working for the music parks, uh, painting their rides and coasters. That sounds cool. Do you consider yourself a coaster enthusiast? Yeah, by default I am. I, I would say I didn't, it started in my blood. I've enjoyed the music parks. Um, I can get a little bit winded on the, on this part of it. So I my, <laughs> uh, my, my love for the music parks started obviously in Cincinnati at Coney Island. Um, a small uh, you know, area, basically a picnic park nowadays. Right. Uh, started off there when I was a kid and being raised, taken there. And then when they built Kingdom, uh, Kings Island, <laughs> um, got the opportunity to go up there as a kid. My, It's funny, I, I do share this from time to time. My my uh, uh, first date with my wife was at Kings Island. We've been married for going on 38 years. My, my first date was with her at Kings Island. Oh, wow. Married. We got married at the Moonlight Gardens at Coney Island. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, yeah, so the, the parks are in the blood. <laughs> well, I met my current wife at Kings Island at a coaster event. Um, nice. A coaster stock. So, got a little bit in common there. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. What is your favorite ride of all time and why? So, we have been involved in painting... Uh, a little over 300 coasters. Um, it started with the beast. That was my very first project. And I'm just kind of a house painter getting into a little bit of commercial painting. So when we got the contract to paint the beast back in 88, um, that took a whole nother level for favorite uh, roller coasters. Right. It's kind of stuck with me. And if you, as you know, from the industry people, uh, the beast is so unique and the amount of real estate that they take uh, to go so far out, they, they would never build a coaster like that these days because of, Real estate's too expensive, so right. uh, it's special, and it's, it's the, with the helix and the hill. Um, so, um, I, the beast is still my favorite. If there was a second favorite, if I, if you ask me about a steel coaster, uh, X, which became X two after we painted it out at Magic Mountain, has a phenomenal uh, launch on yes. it. It, it. just, yeah, it's ridiculous. So those are probably my <laughs> two favorite. Yeah. On your website, it says you started Bainham Painting in 1983. What led you to start a painting company? Um, I, you know, I was doing like most people do, jobber, uh, painting houses uh, through high school, cutting grass, going on all stuff. And a friend of mine had a, a paint business, was painting houses. So I worked with him and uh, got through, I graduated in 81. So then the next year I was planning to go to college. But the painting thing was working out pretty good. It was we were just painting houses, but the money was real good. Right. Um, I did moonlight, and I, I I had a career path, and I went to two different uh, routes in sales. I wanted to be a salesperson, 
but my real passion was I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to be a disc jockey. So you have the voice for it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I picked up a, 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 a internship uh, without, you know, formal education, but I picked up an internship at a place, um, uh, let's see, WCLU, which was an AM station here in Northern Kentucky. And so I got my dream a little bit and it was, I got to be on the air and it was a small ADM station, but it gave me a taste for it. And I loved it, but there was no money <laughs> Very true. at all compared to what I was doing during the day. And I was working radio right. and what I would make in a couple hours painting was my whole shift on the radio station. And I realized you have to pay your dues and I hadn't paid my dues, but uh, that just kept drawing me uh, back to the painting business. Right. Yeah, being uh, a radio student uh, at my high school, we have a radio station at my high school, and I was involved in that program, and I'm still the uh, maintenance engineer there, and sometimes get on the air with it a little bit uh, and play around whenever I can, so uh, that's how I somehow got this job that is all voluntary, but <laughs> being the media director for KIC. But uh, so I got a little bit of, of radio background there. So the, the funny thing is when I first talked to you on the phone the other day, I'm going, oh my gosh, he has a radio voice. That was the first thing I thought of uh, when I talked to you on the phone. Um, so when you first started out uh, and opened Bainham Painting, how many employees did you did you start with? Was it just you or did you hire on some people? No, Brady was uh, high school buddies, a couple of them. There's four of them. There's actually a, a phenomenal picture. I just was able to get, um, I don't know, Coney Island, the, the old amusement park here, had an auction uh, maybe a year and a half ago since COVID had started, and they were changing things from the amusement park to simplify it's just a, a water park and Bentley Park. They had an auction, and I went over there with one mission, was to find an old black and white picture of, um, of, of a buddy of mine who hired me to paint the beast. Uh, who worked at Coney Islands originally, and it was him and a bunch of painters lined up painting the bottom of Sunlight Pool. And I was able to get that picture. It was five bucks. It just happened to be in a stack of pictures, and I got it. It <laughs> thrilled me to death. And when it, with that, it made me go dig into my boxes of old pictures, and I found what was really one of my the pictures that inspired me to, to take this to the next level. It was me and uh, myself, four high school buddies, standing underneath the uh, the sign at Coney Island, the world's largest recirculating pool. Hmm. And that didn't mean much to me, but to my friends, it did. Right. I, was 19, 20, I was 19 years old and people would come over to my apartment like, dude, you painted the world's largest recirculating pool. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's just Coney Island. It's just paint a bunch, it's bending over, painting a bunch of, putting a bunch of chlorinated rubber down. I know, but it's the world's largest and you got, you were involved with it. <laughs> And it really did. It, it stroked my young ego. And I thought that, that it was kind of cool, you know, and it's the world's biggest. And that, that was, uh, I did that for a couple of years. And then, and then the, the uh, fall of 87, I heard they were going to paint uh, the beast tagged then and still hold some records. I'm sure of the world's longest, fastest wooden roller coaster. It is still the world's longest wooden coaster. Yes. Yeah. So that, that world tag is what got my interest more than it being a roller coaster. And I went up to <laughs> this old German guy who became a very, very dear friend of mine for the next 20 years, uh, Jim McDermott. And he was ironically, he was here. He, was, he lived here in Newport, mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky. And uh, we hit it off. We got the project. And uh, it, it, by default, it was a very successful project. I, I had no business 
going on, <laughs> having that contact. <laughs> you know, again, it was me and a bunch of buddies, and and I look back on things from safety to the way we apply the material and stuff. It's a miracle that we got through <laughs> without anybody being hurt, and uh, and to to be a very successful project at the end of it. So it sounds like uh, painting the sunlight pool at Coney is kind of what um, gave the spark of, hey, let's bid for the beast and see what happens. And that's just kind of been the, the beginning history for your painting business. Yeah, it really is. And that, that, that kind of summed up. Now, there was a there was a paint rep who was a local uh, who, again, became a good friend of mine who sold the paint for sunlight pool. So I was down there. Basically, I wasn't making any money. I was down there painting it by myself because I didn't know how to bid. And he came <laughs> by to see me one day, and he see me. I think it was on a Sunday even. I was down there just spraying hundreds and hundreds of gallons of chlorinated rubber out. And he said, hey, I see you driving. There's a project coming up. So he introduced me to the, the concept of the beast. Oh, wow. Uh, he painted, and, uh, and that, again, that developed into a real nice long friendship with him as well. So had you been to Kings Island and rode the beast before? Yes. Or, oh, okay. So yeah. it's like the, the guy come up and go, Hey, there's the beast. And you're going, what the heck you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is like that. And, and, and I, I uh, have said to many friends that you up there and I remember when my, with my parents driving up to um, London, Ohio, uh, once a year uh, for a little convention up there and, and every year driving by we for the first probably 10 years of Kings Island's open, I wasn't able to go. I didn't, our family didn't have the money to go to Keynes Island, but to drive by and see the Eiffel Tower, you know, beaming it, you know, from 71, it was like, you know, this little kid, you look out the window, just would love to go over and touch it. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that was kind of the first, just a drive by of KI. Well, you eventually got that. You've got your hands touched on the Eiffel Tower multiple times now, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Okay. Um, so give us some more details about the specific beast project uh, when you first got that. So I went out at the time, gosh, I don't know how, how old you are, but at the time there was a safari there at Kings Island. Yes. Uh, I had I'm, a I'm, I'm 41. Okay. <laughs> so at the time they had a safari, so it was strict, uh, no spray painting. You had to brush it all because of the animals, the environmental stuff. So when Jim said, no, you're, you're going to paint this, but it's going to be brush and roll. So 3,600 gallons of stain was ordered. I've wow. got uh, myself and three buddies and a bunch of... Uh, the old days they called their leather bound, big, big black bristle brushes, like five inch brushes. Uh -huh. real um, So basically you're mopping the stain on. Um, so I went out and I bought every one of those and then they were, they were phasing them out at the time because people were rollers and sprayers were coming more and more and things. So it was hard to get. So I looked, I got a bunch of those brushes, yeah. uh, got with my four buddies and said, let's you know see if we ground up some more guys. So we rounded up a few more and I needed about 30 people to get anywhere at all with it. So I ran an ad in the paper, and I do not have a copy of it, and I wish I did. But <laughs> and the paper said, high pay for high heights. Uh, oh, cool. Meet us at the parking lot of Kings Island, and that's all it said. And so <laughs> uh, on a Monday morning, uh, the, the parking lot people, uh, so this is 87, so the job market was still pretty soft back then. Uh -huh. <clears throat> we had a lot of people show up. And literally, my, my dear friend, Steve Hickey, who still works with me to this day, he was my high school buddy. Um, we stood right there and interviewed him, you know, in the parking lot of Kings Island. <laughs> so, would you climb that? Yeah. Will you take $12 an hour? <laughs> we got some to say yes. <laughs> so, we paid everybody 12 bucks an hour. And here's how I, I laugh about the safety part of it. Back then, 
the safety wasn't it, what it is now. Right. So we gave him you know, a brush, $12 an hour, and a belt with a rope. And I mean, literally just a belt around your a safety belt, <laughs> uh, which would surely break your back if you would fall. <laughs> right. It wouldn't save your life <clears throat> or might save your life. So that was it. We hired right on the spot. And of that crew that we hired right then, um, that was what, 30, almost 35 years ago, uh, three of those guys are still working with us. And generationally, um, one of them, his son's working with us and his grandson's working with us. So um, we've retained some people from that very original hire back then. And like, as wow. I mentioned, Steve Hickey um, has been with me since day one. And he's somewhere around the country uh, running a major coaster project right now. Nice. And that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were some of the hurdles you encountered being a new company and taking on such a huge project for the park? Uh, payroll and heavy money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <clears throat> Again, before your time, the old days, and I literally walked into what was what was called American Trust, uh, American, oh, American National Bank uh, near my hometown there in Holland Heights. And, uh, my family had banked with them, and I had a little bit of a banking relationship with them. I'm getting just in my early 20s, and I went in and met with the, the banking lady, Dee Dee Fessler. i never forget it. Went in and told her my story with complete enthusiasm, and I was drooling about I've got this contract, and I need money to pay people. And I brought her a copy of the contract, and I said, this shows you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, and, I, and we'll do it. And so right. this is before the savings loan collapse and all stuff. She gave me a $30,000 signature loan. Wow. Uh, get me started. So that got me through the first, you know, four or five weeks until King's Island paid me my first draw. And it just started cycling in. And cool. it worked out good. Yeah. So. so what was it like working with King's Island on that project? It has been a, a, a dream. It has, I mean, that's 33 years ago. And, and they've obviously new people there now that right. from whether we still, we, I feel like we're partners. Um, we've just had that kind of relationship. They, they've trusted in us. They've trusted us to take on their, their most important projects, mm-hmm. uh, just flattering. Um, it, it, we would never let them down on any project we did. Not that we couldn't have an incident or whatever. We've been fortunate not to, uh, but we treat them very, very special, and, and they treat us special as well. So it started back then with uh, Mr. McDermott and, um, and carried on. So we've always had a good relationship with them. There's never been a law. Maybe there's been a year where they didn't paint something major, but we've always been kind of one of their service providers to take care of something in the park. Right. I, I think it'd be every year since, since that year. Wow. Yeah. Were there really any other painting companies during that time that were doing amusement rides? There was not that I was aware of. Again, marketing is what it is today. We didn't have the internet. Um, uh, even you, know, you had the yellow pages and that was it. And so there was one big contractor here in town, SNH painting, Jimmy hopping, great guy, became a great friend. Um, and after we were awarded that, he was a union contractor. We were non-union. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we awarded that contract, he and I became friends through an association, um, dear friends. And I remember him telling me one day, he thought for sure that there was some, something went on there underhanded because when he found out he did not get the contract. Now here he is a big shop. He's got a hundred painters and they <laughs> got a kid from Newport with, with four painters. They hired us. And, and if I remember right, Jimmy said that there was less than $2,000 that separated us on our bids. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not afraid to say at the time it was $180,000 contract. Mm-hmm. Um, 
up to that point, I had probably painted, there was probably nothing I've painted that was more than 10 or 12,000, I mean, maybe $20,000. Right. So it was a big leap. And the fact that Keens Island would take a chance on us is just, you know, how could I, I'll be indebted to them for the rest of my career. Right. For them to do that. Yeah. That's really cool. How are you able to utilize the Beast Project to market yourself and get more in depth into the amusement park industry with your painting business? Yeah. So we finished the Beast successfully, very successfully again for, if you've got time for a little sidetrack story. If you remember, we used to get a statement in the mail from the Social Security office. And if you, for every year you pay into Social Security, you get a statement and you look at it. It's like every year, how much you pay into Social Security. They don't do that anymore, but up until just a few years ago. So when I was painting and and doing the radio gig at night, stuff like that, through the the early 80s, um, (laughs) paying taxes, go fast forward into uh, around the mid 2000s, 2010 or so. I've got two daughters. And I was showing my uh, one daughter, Casey, one day that statement came in. She was home. I'm like, let me show you this. This is how it works when you get a job. And you pay into Social Security and they send you a statement saying how much you're banking basically with them. And she's looking at it and go down and it goes like, you know, 3000 My first job at Burger Chef or whatever, $3,000. And then right. $6,000. And each year you see the incline. And you see in the 1980s, I was like thirteen to fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000. In 1986, I was $18,000. In 1988, or 87 or 88, it jumps to $85,000. <laughs> and then back down to $18,000. <laughs> what happened here, Dad? That's the year we painted the beast. And yeah, there you go. That's the year, that's the year your dad, I thought I was done. I'm, I promise you, I can remember playing his date, thinking I will never have to work again because I had so much money from that. And, right. Uh, and being young and, and wise, I did the smartest thing you could do. I went out and bought a sports car. <laughs> it wasn't six months later. I was literally broke as as I could be. I had no money at all, but I had a sports car. I could even fuel it. I mean, it was like one of the it was one of them. <laughs> By the way, I still have it. I, I, what I is it? It's a Cadillac Alante. Oh, okay. A little there you go. Cadillac, and I still have it here in the garage. I haven't driven it uh, in years. Um, <laughs> But I drove it and and uh, I thought I was you know hot stuff, but with no money. So that moved me to go after I realized that what a mistake I had made was spending all the money and that I wasn't rich because I had eighty thousand um, <laughs> dollars. I, I I put together just a black and white flyer, and it showed a picture of the beast. And mm-hmm. I really took a picture. Back then, you didn't print stuff off at home. You went to the print store, right? And I printed off like fifty of these things, and I looked up uh, amusement park <clears throat> address through a catalog and I mailed it to all the, all the, all the parks. Right. So we specialize in painting uh, roller coasters and you got the beast on that, you know, on your resume. Well, that is specializing because it's the biggest world's fastest, longest. We right. If you took on that project, you should be able to take on anything they have. Exactly right. My very next call, besides working, I got a chance to do work for uh, another project for Kings Island, which was the, the Eiffel Tower simultaneously and the the Eiffel Tower at King's Dominion, their sister park, right. because connection with everybody with the King's Island family. So I had those things happen. Those weren't by my marketing abilities, not, not that much was. But the very first true cold call I got was from a guy down at Astroworld, which is defunct, no longer there. And they wanted to paint their... Um, uh, their cyclone would roller coaster 
So I'd never, you know, been out of Cincinnati before besides going to Virginia. And I got on a flight, went down there and looked at it, worked at it. And, and we got that contract. And cool. it really, I mean, it took off from that point on. And we have never looked back. It has been growth every single year since then. So after the Beast Project, how long was it before you got that next painting project? Uh, it, because the Eiffel Towers came into play. Those were my first, my next two, my first out of, you know, my first contract coaster. <clears throat> I'm almost positive it was in 1990. So now that we have a little background on the company. Let's get into some of the projects that you've been uh, doing for Kings Island. The next yeah. project listed on your website after the Beast for Kings Island in 1989 that we just kind of talked about uh, was when you painted the Eiffel Tower. Uh, a second paint job was applied to the Eiffel Tower in 2004, and this past fall, going into winter for the upcoming 22 season, you painted the Eiffel Tower. How does this structure differ from the traditional roller coaster paint jobs? Um, it's drastically different. Uh, many coasters that we do nowadays, we can use aerial lifts to access a lot of points on them. We use um, in our, in our in the paint industry what's called spiders, which is basically a single man steel cage. It's connected by a cable with the highest point of a coaster, and he zips up and down the coaster. We, we got a little niche. Not, a, well, not there's other contractors that do it, but that's kind of where our, our niche is for hard to access areas. Um, so coasters are um, simple to access to, to in, in most cases. Right. Eiffel Tower is is complicated. Obviously, the heights in itself sir, can be a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest challenge we have is is containing anything we have from uh, from the blast process of uh, we've 4,000 PSI water blast the entire thing. So you're going to get chips of paint off of it right? Uh, by the buckets and buckets. <laughs> uh, we do our, our best to contain those, uh, control them. They're usually controlled at the bottom of the tower and then gathered that way. Um, we don't have that with a coaster in most cases because they're usually spread out. They're not this massive single tower. Right. Um, the inner workings of, of the Eiffel Tower is tricky. And, and, and again, Kings Island, Kings Dominion, both have trusted us with it uh, to give us opportunity to work using the elevators. If we couldn't, that job would take twice as long. The elevators allow us not just to access materials up and down the uh, the tower quickly, uh, but when you get into the shafts of that thing, we, are, we work off the, the uh, elevator tops of them. Um, and then if you've noticed while we were painting some of the pictures, maybe post on the website, we stage uh stages like a window washer stage would look like painter stage in this case mm-hmm. on all four sides of it. Um, so the guys methodically just start from the very top and blast their way down, go back up and prime and go back up and finish. Wow. Um, so what is the typical process uh, you take? You kind of walked about it, uh, talked about it here just a little bit. So um, you do uh, 4,000 PSA water wash, pressure washer, mm-hmm. and then you prime it and then Correct. paint it. Yes, exactly. And in, on the Eiffel Tower, because of the condition, it's in, it's in excellent condition uh, for as old as that structure is. So the priming part of it is a spot prime. So anywhere there's corrosion or there's paint that we've removed where the, 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 the two, the old coating and new coating uh, aren't flush or, or the edges that are revealed. Mm-hmm. So those areas have to be treated and we spot prime it. <clears throat> That's not a little task because that's all done with epoxy. It has to be brushed and rolled. And then the Eiffel Tower, this go around, we spot primed about 70% of the structure, which is a lot. Um, wow. 
in hindsight, it might be one of the things we may have been better just to go ahead and plan on priming the whole thing. But we try to keep from adding layers of paint on there, coatings on paint there that you don't need. Just right. because all those paint jobs add up over the years and years and years, and you get so much thick paint on there, you're more apt to have to, to deal with that down the road. So we try to keep it a minimal of what we, what we put on the coast, on the tower. Well, if there's any potential needed repairs on the structure, like you just mentioned, um, who would take care of those type of issues? Would you do that or would you tell the park, hey, this needs looked at and repaired? Yep, we work closely with the park on all projects. The, the Eiffel Tower is a great example of it. So they'll give us either orange ribbon or an orange can of uh, spray paint and uh, a diagram. So as we're going through, if the guys find somewhere that the corrosion has gotten a little bit too uh, heavy, um, anywhere there would happen to be a crack, which I don't, I don't think we've seen any cracks that would be unusual. But if we see where there's real, real heavy corrosion, and as we're grinding or, or uh, hammering the, the corrosion out, if you see the integrity of the steel is, is compromised, we tag it and then leave it up to the park. And then they'll have it. And they did that thoroughly this year. Uh, what's called an NDT company, which comes in and measures steel electronically, I guess. Um, NDT companies come in and they'll run through anywhere that we've blasted off. The park will make the repair that we come back and, and prime and finish it out. Um, pretty That's pretty cool. common. Yeah. And on, on just to answer that question a little bit further, we do that on all steel coasters if we come across something. And again, I would say it's minimal, like very, very, very minimal. Uh, on wood coasters, a little bit differently because you're stepping on boards that uh, are down inside the structure. Corrosion can easily get to, to the wood. And if we find boards that are loose or that are rotten or that are not attached properly, um, we mark those and bring it to the park's attention. They do the repair and we come back to it. All right. It looks like the Eiffel Tower is painted about every 15 years or so, looking at the timelines when you guys have painted it. Is yeah. that the typical time frame for a paint job on a structure like that? Or are there more factors involved with time frames between paintings? You know, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty subjective question because lots of times what it comes down to is the parks want to change theming on a ride. So mm -hmm. it, uh, the window will be shorter. I would say our average on coasters across the board is probably closer to 10 years. Okay. Um, the Eiffel Tower lasts 15 years because of the way we've done it, the, uh, the coatings that's underneath there, again, it's in, it's in excellent shape. And, and yeah, probably the last couple of years, it was faded more than Kings Island wanted to see it or Cedar Fair wanted to see it, um, but it's a big ticket to get it painted and uh, we got it done just at the right time. So 15 years is, a, is, is not uncommon. Um, I answer this question all the time when it comes to the longest coaster we've ever gone without because we've repainted many, many multiple co coasters over the years now. Right. Um, we still have not repainted the beast. <laughs> <laughs> we still Man. have not repainted it. Yeah. Are you like poking at the park? Say, hey, I think it might need a little bit of no, touch-ups. No, the fact is I just took a drive when we we did the touch-up on Orion and I got on the back side of that back there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a Walk down memory lane. I went down and went through, walked behind the beast, and, mm -hmm. and dang it, it still looks good. And I think when they when they replace wood now, they obviously paint it before they put it up. So that is a big, big factor that Keen's Island maintains it that way. Right. Um, uh, secondly, it goes back in the woods, and you just have brown wood in the woods, so it doesn't stand out if you have 
little algae build up on it or the, the coating's breaking down a little bit. It's not as noticeable. Right. As you think about how many coasters, how many parks you go to, and as you're walking through the midways, you're looking, you know, you're 10, 15 feet of a fence away from touching the coaster. Right. So aesthetics is much, much more important. But the beast still, it really still looks looks excellent. Being back there uh, for coaster stock and other potential walk back tours that the park offers, um, I not, I'm no expert at all, but it looked like it was still in pretty good shape to me as far as that's concerned. So um, good for you that the stain's still looking great, bad that it's lasted so long. I don't know. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yep. Another ride that is on your list for the 2022 season is Adventure Express. Tell us about how you would handle painting a hybrid coaster over an all-steel coaster, an all-wood coaster. Man, that one is is slippery tricky. Uh, and and uh, it's more of a challenge than we anticipated. We we painted it when it first was installed. Mm-hmm. It's not been painted since. Um, so it, it, as you mentioned, it's a wood structure. And we've, we might have missed something on this one, but all of the track um, elements are obviously steel. Mm-hmm. We just looked at the track, but where the track um, flanges bolt onto the wood, right? That all has to be climbed. There's no lift access at all there, so you're climbing it. And unfortunately, we're talking about climbing on old wood, not not rotten wood, but slick wood, right? Uh, and then trying to keep our you know our our methods and our um, approach to just the steel only without disturbing the wood. You can't just blast everything because then you're getting into the something that's not under our contract. So we're getting there. It is now cleaned and it's primed. And I think uh, as soon as the weather breaks, we'll get we'll zip through the finish paint on that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the guests are going to notice the difference. It was brown, rusted brown before. It's going to be non-rusted brown now. <laughs> not a big change, but a big a bigger challenge. It's a it's a sleeper. I think we. You might have missed something a little bit on that, on the, the, the effort it takes to climb around that entire structure. Right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because, in, in my opinion, it doesn't sit that high off the ground. Um, so I would think it would be easier for you guys, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. It's not the case. When our, our, our safety requirements for our guys are, first of all, we you have to have a harness on. When you're on the job, you have to have a harness on. It's like you're wearing a shirt and your pants. It, harnesses on you right um anything above you know four feet off the ground your harness so basically to your point of it, it does lie low but it's everything has to be strapped you know have to be uh, secured through the whole entire project so it's time consuming uh beyond words right huh uh the <laughs> next ride we would like to ask you about is drop tower has bain and painting been involved with this project this year this year, we were not involved with the repaint of that. How we were with the original paint job when it came in. Uh, obviously, it's a much different structure than a coaster or even Eiffel Tower. Uh, since you painted it in the past, what makes that structure easy and hard to paint? Um, two things. First of all, it's um, it's relatively simple because the the carriage that takes you up as a guest and drops you down has a work platform on top of it, so it's kind of built in scaffolding. So there's nothing special about that. However, the motor house, the top of it, that that checkered skirt that goes around the top of it, at right. 260 feet or whatever, that the motor house or the um, the, the lift uh, scaffold does not take you up that far. So that has to be rigged from the top down. Oh, wow. Um, a little bit tricky. It's what we do, but it's a little bit time consuming. And if we were just going to paint it, I, matter of fact, we just painted one at their sister park out in... Um, California, it's, it's Great America. 
Santa Clarita, Great America. Yes, we just painted that one up there for him with a complete color change and included the, the skirt on the outside. It was a very, very challenging. Um, accessing it, the grease on that was 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 a, a challenge. Um, but it didn't compare to what we have at Keen's on because when we first did that, they had the contract to paint the corrugated that motorhouse's checkerboard, if you look at it. Right. And corrugated, it's as complicated as you get when you're painting something that height and everything, every line has to be taped and it's hundreds of lines. Oh, wow. Um, so you're doing that off of a stage or a spider and you got the wind factor and you have to keep good lines within reason. Um, it, it, that, that made that that little motorhouse on that, that project um, adds probably 40% of the project in itself. Wow. That is so interesting. Yeah. yeah hmm. Speaking of paint jobs, um, and changing colors, as you mentioned at Great America, the paint job on Drop Tower was just updated with the current colors for this year. Um, let's say the park wanted to go with different color pattern and colors. Do you guys do the design and make suggestions, or would that be the park themselves with a third-party designer that would make those recommendations and changes? We do get involved with it a little bit, and just based on our experience. However, we don't want to take credit for that because almost all the parks, Cedar Fair, uh, Flags, Palace, um, uh, SeaWorld, Universal have their design departments. So I, I don't think they use third party. They do. They have design departments. And a lot's taken into consideration. Um, we're doing a massive project out at Magic Mountain right now. They, they take the whole skyline. So when we get our color rendition, it is the skyline. And that that park rivals Cedar Point with the amount of coasters, like probably 30. Right whatever so they look at the whole skyline as they select colors to change colors on things um we will because we have friendships with some of the guys in design they'll call and ask us questions um most common question hey we want to make sure we work with a color that we're going to get longevity out of that's right. going to give one coat coverage that's real real common question we want to make sure we get one coat coverage out of it and we want the color to last <clears throat> so we, we have opinion, shared opinions with them on that um uh, Kenny Wood did a, 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 an ingenious thing. I've seen it before, but never like it happened this year. We're painting Phantom over there, which is an old Morgan, um, huge, huge Morgan uh, coaster. Great layout. Mm-hmm. Overlooks steel plants across the river. I mean, it's just, it's a massive project. Yeah. And when they were going to do that, uh, it was black and green. And they did a color concept, posted it to all their, their guests. And it exploded. And I think, I think I heard, and I may be wrong about this, but 17,000 people uh, had an opinion. So you got to vote purple or green uh-huh. on a new color concept. And then we got off of it because we had just started, we'd get started prepping stuff like that. And we were tagged with it. It was just a media explosion with people having an opinion and, and <laughs> the final tally. And it was like 85%. And I think they, I voted and I think they made the right choice <laughs> with, with, a, with a purple. So that, that coaster is going from a black and green, which is just kind of like, yeah, now it's got a purple. Um, the themes, the phantom, it looks phenomenal. We're 90% done with it and mm-hmm. it's been rave ever since then. So uh, to answer that question long, it's a little bit of hybrid of everything from design people, opinions from us on how coatings perform, right. that case, letting the guests be involved with it. Another ride that um, will be repainted for the 2022 season is Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, and Planet Snoopy. Is there a different approach to painting a water ride versus a non-water ride? 
That's a really big question. Yes, it's considerably different. Um, in water rides, in most all cases, we use gel coating, which is uh, not typically paint. Um, it's uh, so we take a whole different approach with with water rides. Um, one is corrosion is usually a much bigger issue because they're constantly dealing with 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 uh, water right uh, steel. So it's not uncommon for us to sandblast areas that could corrosions uh, too heavy. Hydroblast, which is taking that 4,000 PSI water blasting up to 40,000 PSI. Oh, wow. And it can steel and just rip everything loose off of it a lot more. Everything gets typically gets full primed with epoxy. And then we use um, a polysiloxane, which is an epoxy hybrid urethane um, coating that gives excellent color, gloss, retention, and, and stands up to the to chemicals as well as water. So yeah, there, we do a lot of water, water rides. Um, it's a whole different approach. What's the difference between, let's say, the log ride, like Race for Your Life, and a water slide? Is there any, even, even differences with that as well? Um, yeah, it's, you kind of have to take it as a, um, i trying to think of the way to word it. On the long rides, the gel coating is is applied just to protect the 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 or the boats and keep the the trough in good order. Can be able to contain water. Yeah. Um, if you're painting a water slide, typically we we do look at them whether they're raft rides or body rides. It's a completely different approach because literally you go through guys go through on their hands and knees and touch every square inch of it mm-hmm. uh, to make sure we got the heavy mills. Just 25 mils of of um, gel coat that we have to put inside water slides. And if it's a body slide, it's vital that there's no cracks, crevices, no revealed edges, no fibers that show. So right. a lot more tedious than a boat ride where we're trying to get the millage on there. You can do a walk inspection. Okay, we're good to go. It holds water. It holds up and you run your boats in there and no one's touching it. Right. Hmm. So how often looking at like one of those body slides you're talking about, um, is needed to be inspected and such for those cracks and fibers coming out. Well, I wish I had the right guy. Walt Bowser heads all that up for us. Walt's our VP of amusement rides here at the, at the company. He's been with us for six years. He'd left. He was with flags, uh, on their, on their corporate maintenance side. He came here to head up the water park division of Bain and painting, Mm-hmm. knocking it out of the park he knows everything about water slides inside and out and everything about every inch of them <laughs> it's that better than i do <clears throat> but i think it's common and i and i don't want to misspeak here i think it's common that every park um the water slides are, are inspected regularly throughout the season but thoroughly inspected without a doubt at the end of each season backlot stunt coaster and flying ace aerial chase have also been painted for the 2022 season at Kings Island. Were you involved in those two projects? This time around, we were not uh, full schedule. We had uh, 22 coasters going at one time this fall. Wow. Uh, we were absolutely slammed in that. Those uh, contracts were awarded to other contractors. Uh, both of those were. We, we painted them originally. Uh, right. They came, uh, but they were the honest repaint was, was done by other contractors. Can you tell us any interesting stories about the last time you guys painted them? Um, let's see the, um, the one over in Kitty Lane. What's the name of it again? No, oh, flying ace aerial chase. Yeah, flying ace. 
Uh, no, but the last time we've been, it was a color change. It was a drastic color change. And I think that's the year, the last time we did it was the same year that King Zone won for the first time was Best uh, Kitty Park from uh, Golden Tickets. Uh-huh. Uh, I, that sticks in my mind because I remember being you know, proud that we had, we had had a little play in that by doing that project for them. Right. Uh, so anytime there's a color change, uh, it gets we get special attention to it. We we blow it up a little bit more on media. Um, we get a lot more responses from it. Um, on the on the stunt coaster, um, yeah, we did that with premier rides. We came. I just remember it being really challenging because uh, of that the, what we call the treehouse or the cluster of where the helix where the coaster goes around. Right. There's no easy way to get to it with a lift. So spider. Oh yeah. And it just slows things down. So you might look at that on paper and go, okay, that's only 1,600 track feet. We can do that for, you know, X amount of money. Right. But that's when we have to look at it and go, okay, it's only 1,600 track feet, but you can't get to 30% of it traditionally with lifts. So we got to rig it, and that adds to, to the cost of it. So that's gotcha. where we benefit from not just having our knowledge of the hundreds of coasters, but we do a quick site view, um, or we'll get information from the from the park that will help us to pick out those things that may be a curveballs for us. Speaking of backlot stunt coaster, it has the limbs on it since it's a launch coaster. Uh, having those on there, is there any special um, <clears throat> instructions and painting techniques that need to be done uh, and considered with having those limbs on the on the coaster? Don't get paint on the limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it should be a poster in our office here. And no, we, for the years now, and unfortunately, um, we know we've learned a few times. It's been many, many years ago, but, uh, if you want to get a, you want to see a mechanic, uh, throw a fit and get mad at the painter, let him come out and see where you got paint or anything on it. So we, we, uh, give the guys instructions on here's what you touch switches here's, here's what you do and don't touch brake pads, switches, limb bars, um, we stay away from those things. That's all hand brushed, hand prepped, and stuff like that to make sure we keep away from it. But it is—it's—it's uh, it's on any of those coasters. It is noted that's a very sensitive issue, and we have had mishaps before where maybe someone new came in and just went at it. And uh, right. even if it's the proxy switches, those have to be swapped out, and that falls back on us. So right. <laughs> so typically, when you're painting a ride with limbs, those limbs are still on the ride? Correct. Okay, so they don't remove those? Correct, no, they don't. Is there a certain color that you, you will tell a customer that they will regret using if they decide to use it? I have to be careful because the parks, you know, want what they want. Right. Uh, I could probably talk about that a while, but I'll make it real simple. Yellow is a challenge for multiple reasons. One is it's nearly impossible for one coat coverage and sometimes two and sometimes three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and secondly, what, they, what they'll regret about is um, by nature, the coasters are used. Grease keeps them going. Right. And black grease and yellow paint, it just stands out. If they go with a darker color, um, they'll be happier in the long run. Now, it doesn't give you the vibrancy from a distance. And, and that's the reason some of the parks that we don't care. We'll, we'll decrease it. We'll deal with that later. And then fair enough. You know, that's right. their but if you have dark colors, uh, especially on the track elements, you can flip, you can do on, you can get away with a lot more on the columns and things like that. But on the track elements where the, where the braking's at and the, um, uh, the, the launches are at, right. Real light colors uh, present problems from down the road just for showing up where the grease is at. Gotcha. 
what is the fastest feeding color? Reds are extremely challenging. Um, mm. Orange are too, but red, what, if you said what color red is, is the toughest, and I say that, but the manufacturers have done a, an outstanding job um, of developing the coatings over the years uh, to have better color and gloss retention. Right. Um, polysiloxane, I mentioned before, that's PSX, it's a PPG product. Um, we've got some pretty good case studies out there that are getting beyond five years was still like, wow, that, that red still looks good. Right. But it's, that, that's the one color that's most challenging. Hmm. Well, let's now focus our attention on what I'm pretty sure all Kings Island fans are most excited about for the 2022 season and as the racer. Yeah. It seems you guys are also excited about this project. Tell us your reaction when Kings Island approached you about this project. We painted it 21 years ago. Again, that's my home park. I care about every contract there that we can handle. Uh, wood coasters, there's nobody, well, nobody in the world has painted as many coasters as we have, and I hate to just boast and throw it out there like that. Right. They have, we're, we're well above 300. Um, wood coasters are completely different than steel structures because you have to literally climb it, and, and the infrastructure of it, you got to climb it. Mm -hmm. The racer is special to us because of good, from childhood memories to paint right. the last time. Uh, when we got it, uh, enthusiasm spiked when we got Romans that they were going back to the original colors. And um, we were so, so happy that we were awarded that project uh, to do it. We're really just getting going. We had you know, a busy fall. Um, <clears throat> we have a presence there now. We're fighting with the elements in the weather. Right. Uh, we have the stage house enclosed. We're getting through some things. Um, we got to have 35 degrees to get much accomplished. It still slows things down. But we're getting there. As soon as the weather breaks, it will be a lot of guys focused on uh, getting that done and seeing uh, the new color scheme put back on. You mentioned earlier, uh, the last time it was painted was back in 1991. Uh, I had to ask Don Helbig about that because I knew he would know off the top of his head. Um, when it went from red, white, and blue to black track and white structure and rails. And since you guys did that job, do you know why they changed it to just that color? Um, yes, <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Um, I mean, we may have had some play on that when it went to the black, mm -hmm. it was because of the, the grease thing, uh, ah. the, the, the track stack, it's, it just gets wiped out with black. And we were, we still suggested to, first of all, I love what King Island's doing. Love what they're doing. The color thing. Right. Is we don't want to see that grease anymore. Then go with the, what we call it the track stack. That's the wood, the metal track is stacked on. Right. The track stack. And the cross braces, everything you kind of see in the, the center guts of that, mm -hmm. paint them black, you won't see the grease. And it works. Right. Um, but they're going for bigger bang for this one thing with, with bringing back the original colors. Right. It's challenging for us because all that black has to go away and, and it's not one coat of white to get it back on there. But I will tell you, it will be probably the sharpest looking wood coaster in the world. <laughs> just look great. I know <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, to see it and i'm assuming all ki central fans and members and uh, probably any fan who loves to go to king's island and has been there in the past and you know i know the the racer was my first big coaster uh so i, I think it's that for a lot of people uh, especially for those of us that grew up in the 80s uh, mm -hmm. or 70s and seeing that first big coaster down coney mall because back then that that was the big coaster you That's know it. the beast yeah. didn't exist yet and uh 
even with the beast, it's not as prominent as seeing the racer down Coney mall. I mean, that just kind of stands out as the backdrop for that whole area. Yeah. So we're really excited to see that going back to that original color. So is there any, anything else we need to know about the racer project? Um, I, I suspect that when we talk about it going back to original, I think that means a lot of things. Um, but I, I'm not at liberty to say, cause I don't know for sure. And I don't want to speak on Kings Island's behalf, <laughs> I don't know. but if the color's going back, then you wonder if, if some other things are going back to, to that original, uh, ride we used to have. And, uh, it'll be fun to see how that, that plays out. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. I did have one more question. What is the difference uh, when you're painting a coaster that has already been painted? Is, is there a lot more uh, in-depth of getting the old paint off? It's, it's rare that we would paint a coaster that's not been painted. And here's what I'll say about that. In my almost 40 years career, we have stained one coaster that was, was put up, not stained. Mm-hmm. It was like the one time that someone said, okay, we want to go ahead and switch it. And it was down in San Antonio because of the dryness. They wanted to put moisture. I think it was San Antonio. It may have, may have been somewhere else in Texas. But they wanted to get some moisture in the wood. So they coated it just to, to keep the move, wood from moving so much. Right. So that would be a rare case that one was not painted that we got the contract to paint. Typically, if it's not painted, they do what they can to keep from painting because they're thinking maintenance dollars over the years. Right. Uh, so it's, it's really rare. And as far as steel is concerned, um, the only thing that happens with that is they'll come in more commonly now than ever. The coasters come in, as you see, Orient, it comes in painted. Right. And, and then, but there's still a touch up that needs to be done anywhere. There's scrapes and welds and all the bolts and fasteners. Um, by the way, of all the years of doing coaster, I think Orion is probably the best install I've ever seen. Um, we're, it's usually a nice contract for us to do a touch up on a coaster. Mm-hmm. Because the rec- the directing guy is going to beat it up. It's just what they do. They almost have to. Those guys must have handled it with with cotton gloves, and I mean, they just did a phenomenal job. Which um, <laughs> was so. That's an example of it. It wasn't as complicated as, as we're used to seeing it on that in that project. Right. Well, Chris, we really thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us and we really look forward to seeing the end product this summer at king's island i know you've been working really hard at repainting especially over the last several years at the park and getting stuff looking really beautiful there and i know king's island's worked really hard at you know bringing back those vibrant colors and uh, bringing back the nostalgia from years ago so we're really uh, appreciative of all the efforts you guys have done uh, to make that uh, a part of our Kings Island visits. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're excited about it. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate you guys reaching out to us. And anytime we have an opportunity to talk about our passion, what we do, uh, it's a privilege. And, and can, we can't say enough about uh, our friendship and our relationship with Kings Island. Can you trust us to take care of these uh, iconic projects for them? Well, we really appreciate your time. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Kings Island Central podcast. KICentral.com is Kings Island's ultimate fan site. For more discussion about Kings Island and other amusement parks, join us over at KICentral.com.